to the USA Hockey Podcast, a youth sports conversation focused on providing players, coaches, and parents with engaging and informative content that they can use at home and at the rink. Tune in as we chat with some of the greatest people around ice hockey and youth sports. Join the discussion on Twitter at USA Hockey Coach. Now, let's drop that puck. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the USA Hockey Podcast. Today, we are welcoming back on Brent Seidel. And uh, just for those that uh, didn't listen into the last episode uh, with Brent, Brent is the manager of coaching education. Uh, so Brent and I work hand in hand within the coaching education department. So uh, Brent, welcome back on. Yeah, Zach, thanks for having me back on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. You made the cut this time. Um, <laughs> but we are talking about some important stuff. This is kind of Brent and I's day to day a bit. Uh, as I said, we are in the coaching education uh, department. And today we're going to, our plan is to kind of have a chat around um, coaching, uh, why you should become a coach, and then also kind of the steps to get there and become a coach, and maybe even answer a few questions that we often hear from coaches about uh, how do I become a coach? Uh, how do I get? recertified as a coach? Uh, what are some of the steps in, in the processes that that I have to go through? Um, so Brent, I will start this one off with you with the first question, which I think is a, a really fun one. But, um, you know, why do you coach? And then why do you think that people should get involved in coaching? Yeah, it's a great question to start this off with. Um, personally, for me, I coach because I love the game. And I wanted to stay in it. Uh, obviously I, you know, my playing career, uh, wasn't going to be the one that, that kept me in the sport long-term and, uh, coaching was. And so I just, uh, I stuck with it and, um, being able to help kids, you know, personally for me, it, it's about helping kids reach, um, dreams or goals that they might have, uh, to either, you know, move away from home, play in college, play juniors uh, you know, play pro any one of those, you know, they have big aspirations for it and being the person to, to help them figure out how to do it, um, is really fulfilling for myself. And, and for other coaches out there, um, or for people, you know, why should people coach? Um, to, again, to me, it'd be the same thing. If, if you love the sport and you want to be a part of the sport, um, and make a big impact in somebody's life, uh, this would be the the spot to do it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what what level uh, are you coaching, Brent? Uh, currently, I am with a 16, uh, 17U AA team. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I, I mean, Brent, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, for, for me, coaching is that I'm coaching with some college club level kids at the uh, at the ACHA level over there at Kent State. Um, and I mean, similar things, uh, just moving kids on to, you know, professional careers, um, maybe a few dabbling in some pro hockey at, at a at a lower level. Um, but for, for me, it's the same thing, like giving back to a program and an organization and, and to these kids and, and something that meant a whole heck of a lot to me was was hockey and um, definitely personally had a different journey through hockey, but um, things really changed for me in, in high school when 
actually I made a switch over to playing goalie and all of a sudden it led into into this position now and um, I wouldn't be where I am without hockey so for me it's how many um, how can I give back to the kids in the program and give them similar or the same opportunities that that I was given whether kids want to stay in sport or whether they want to move on to biomechanical engineers which I don't even know what half the stuff is that that our guys are doing but um, you know we have some architects and we have some some other programs that I don't really know much about but how can I help them in their career how can I help kids stay involved um, and hopefully be a, a positive impact later on that they want to become coaches because uh, I do think that it's a great opportunity uh, speaking of the why other coaches should get involved is it's a great opportunity to give back it's a great opportunity to help kids learn uh, it helps you learn a lot about the sport as well. I didn't realize how much I didn't know until I started coaching. Um, yeah. And it's just you're, you're spot on with that, by the way. I, I learned so much more and became a way better student of the game when I started coaching than when I was playing. Yeah, it's I mean, it's something I wish I would have done earlier. It's something I wish I would have done when I was playing because you just you learn so much more about the sport. And um, so, yeah, I. I it helps me, I feel like, at least stay involved in hockey. And once again, it's meant a lot to me. So, Right. Um, and and kind of another spot that you touched on there is every kid <clears throat> plays um, hockey for the fun of it, right, to start out, or their parents get, in, get them into it. Um, either way, you just never know after, after a while what that kid is going to end up doing in their life. And so at some point um, – there's that possibility of, of them looking back and, and being like, Oh, you know, coach Zach, you know, showed this to me and I use it in my everyday life. Um, you know, and again, it goes back to being impactful and how important that is for um, young generations as they grow up. Yeah, that's really good. So it's not, you're not just making an impact in sport, but making an impact in life and um, even not just sometimes there's going to be things like I remember I played lacrosse as well and uh, my lacrosse coach taught me things that helped me with my my hockey and maybe you have a kid that plays baseball or football or whatever other, you know other sports and maybe you can help them along the way in, in those areas and once again like sport I think all of us that are adults have learned so much from sport and understand how how important it is to our success within our professional careers, whether it be how you deal with adversity, how you communicate with people. Um, so really like teaching a lot of those life skills. So um, Brent, you, uh, you psyched me up. Uh, I'm ready to run through a wall and get into coaching. So uh, what are, what are a few of the steps that I might need to take uh, to become a coach? Uh, yeah, actually our steps are laid out on our website. So if um, you or other people out there that want to coach, uh, all you have to do is go to usahockey.com backslash coaching certification. And the steps are laid out pretty simple right there for you. Uh, first thing you're going to do is become a, a member of USA Hockey. Um, again, this is laid out step by step and the links for where you need to go to register for each one um, is right there. So after you become a member of USA Hockey, uh, you'll have to complete a background screening and then also complete a uh, USA Hockey safe sport training. After that, um, you'll end up taking two modules. 
Uh, one will be the foundations of player development, which is uh, basically a prerequisite for all of our age-specific modules that coaches need to take. Um, and then after that, you'll take your age-specific module, depending on the, the age group that you're coaching. We have three of them. So there's 8U, and then there's a 10-12U, and then there's a 13+. plus. The 13-plus will cover all ages from 13 to 18. Um, after that, uh, you'll be able to step on the ice with any team um, that you're registered with. But then before December 31st, uh, you'll need to take a, a CEP coaching clinic, uh, level one, two, three, or four, uh, depending on where you're at in your coaching. And uh, after that, you're, uh, you're good to go for the rest of the season. Yeah, really good. So it's, it's not too difficult. Um, it's, um, yes, there's, there's going to be some things that, that have to be completed. Now, uh, remembering if, if you are, you know, registering as a member, if you're already registered as a member, you're good to go. There's, you don't need multiple really registrations. I mean, so if you play, maybe we you play adult league, things like that, you're good to go as a, as a member. A, um, uh, and then that went out a question to, we we often get Brent and maybe a bunch I'll, of our I'll members this one um, up to you here. obviously this, um, parents answering so completing things, safe but, sport uh, uh what the survey found coach, is I go that in I complete safe sport I complete my first year of coaching I come parents, back as a coach the next uh, felt year. that am I good on safe sport or do I have to take it again that the coaches yeah, were certified so in safe sport and they were getting background screens um, uh, a coach will I'm, need to take I'm not, that. Uh, I don't have year. a child um, myself. Uh, I know, Brent, you have coach. two children. Yep, two. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I would imagine as a parent, though, it would be incredibly uh, helpful for, for me to know and feel at ease that these coaches have been um, kind of screened um, and that uh, they have completed safe support to not only for um, I guess their own personal prevention, but also um, being aware of some of the uh, others that could be out there and, and um, some of the signs of um, keeping our kids, making sure we keep our kids safe. So, yeah. And, you know, it's funny because obviously I've done it every year um, and I know I'm not the only one out there, but it's like you, you think, you know, exactly what safe sports going to tell you. And then you, start going through it again the next year and you learn something again and then, or it reminds you. Right. And so a big, big thing for it is it's a, a really, really good reminder um, for coaches out there when working with youth on, you know, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Cause sometimes it's not so black and white. There is a lot of gray area and uh, the safe sport training really helps you navigate that gray area. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Brent, you bring up a great point. Like some of the stuff will, will feel and seem obvious, like, oh yeah, like of course. Um, but some of the stuff is really, really, uh, really, really critical um, to making sure that everyone is safe within the programs. Um, so yeah, so that's fantastic. And you mentioned the age specific modules and you walk through that 8U, 10, 12U and, and 13 plus piece. Um, and, you know, understanding that, that these are actually brand new this year. Um, so these were first right. launched. Um, there was a group of people that worked on them over the past few years and uh, finally able to get them up and running and launched. And once again, these are brand new with 
Um, also the foundations of player development piece, which is really, um, it's, it is technically like it is a separate module, but also it's, it's all part of all of them. So once you take the foundations of player development once, you don't have to take it again. Uh, and you can go right into your 8U module, you can go right into your 1012U module, uh, or your 13 plus module. And, and Brent raised a really good point that 13 plus that covers every, every, every age group above um, 13 years old that would fall under USA Hockey, uh, that 10 to 12U that would cover uh, if you're working with nine-year-olds or if you're working with 11-year-olds, it covers that the 10U category. It also co covers the 12U category. And then understanding that the 8U module would cover everything under that. So, um, and, and Zach, I know that you and I both get this question a lot because um, there's a lot of coaches out there that they took the old modules that we used to have. And so they wonder if they have to take these brand new ones since they've recently come out. And the answer to that is no, you don't have to. Um, there's a little bit of a yes to it, and I'll explain why. But for the most part, if you are, you know, you took the 10U age module, the old one, and you're still coaching 10U, you do not need to take the 10U new module. You will also not need to take the uh, foundations of player development. Now, if you are coaching 10U last year, and you took the old 10U module and you are moving, or I, I apologize, if you're coaching 12U, right? And you move into, you know, 14U, you're going to be taking the new four, uh, 13 plus age module and you'll take the foundations. But once again, after you take that, you're not taking it again. So that was a good point, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, so coach that's uh, coaches 10U had the old module. And, and you're good you're good to go but the second you move up to 12 u you're not covered um, anymore with the old module you would have to take the 10 12 u module and then once again to brent's point if you move up from 12 u and maybe you move up to that 14 u category now you would have to take uh, the 13 plus module but once again once you take in the foundations of player development you're good to go move into your age category um, and zach here's a question for you yeah um you know if i'm a coach that I took the the 13 plus age module and I'm coaching 14U this year. Next year I go to say coach 16U. Do I need to take that module again or am I still solidified? Nope. That's the cool thing about the 13 plus module is it covers all the age categories above. So yeah, if I'm 14U coach and I move up to 16U, uh, I'm covered by the 13 plus module. If I'm a 16U and I move up to 18U, once again, I'm I'm still covered by that 13 and over module so it makes um, these new modules are really nice in terms of it makes it a lot easier uh, for coaches in terms of the the navigation of the age groups there's not as many modules there's actually only three i believe we had five or six in the past so it felt right. like every time i moved age categories i'd have to take a new age specific module or if i coach multiple age categories i like if i was coaching 14 16 and 18 u I would have had to take in, uh, actually, that's probably a bad example. If I was taking 12, 14, uh, and 16U, I would have to take uh, three separate modules with the old ones. Now I would only have to take um, you know, two of them, but um, there's less modules to take. Uh, these modules actually take less time overall, including this is included with the foundations of player development piece, and they're also much more interactive. So. 
Um, we've kind of entered a new space in terms of becoming a little bit better with how we navigate uh, e-learning and understanding adult learning principles. Uh, you'll see that within our e-learning, but you'll also see that uh, now kind of maybe we can move into our, our CEP stuff, but with our new curriculum, uh, a lot of it is based off of adult learning principles. Um, we worked hand in hand with uh, the USCCE, which is the United States Center for Coaching Excellence in terms, uh, in terms of how we developed our curriculum. So uh, they were extremely helpful and critical in the development of those, uh, those curriculums, which now moving into that CEP, our level one, two, and three were brand new over the last three years. Uh, and then the last two years moving into our second year now, our level four curriculum is new. Um, so we're really, really excited about all of the all of the new stuff that is being done around the country. And so, Brent, I'll, I'll throw this one up to you because we get this one asked all the time with CEP stuff. Um, if I am, let's say I'm a level one coach and uh, I just completed my first year of coaching and now I need to take another CEP course to make sure that I renew um, my uh, certification. Level one coach, what clinic will I need to take next year? Uh, so this is uh, kind of choose your own route here for a second. Um, what age group are you coaching? Uh, there you go. Uh, let's say I am coaching 8U. What do I need to do? Perfect. So if you're coaching 8U and you already have your level one and you're coaching 8U again, uh, you are good to go. You do not need to take another coaching clinic. You do not need to retake level one. Um, as long as you are coaching 8U and just 8U, uh, you can stay a level one coach. Um, a question we kind of get from that is they'll go on to the CDP search page and they'll see that their level one is expired, right? Well, yes, it says expired just because that's the wording that's used, um, but you still are a level one coach and you're still okay to coach at 8U with that even saying expired. Now, if you Perfect. move on yeah, to 10U, okay. right? Yeah, if you move on to 10U, that's when you're going to have to look at taking um, CEP level two. Perfect. Yeah. So um, definitely important distinction to make uh, there with the, uh, with 8U. <clears throat> and uh, so now let's, I'll give you another scenario, Brent. Let's say I'm a level three coach and I haven't been coaching. Uh, I let my certification expire, but I want to get back into coaching now. Maybe I'm coaching at, let's say I'm coaching at the 14U level, level three coach what do I do I need to take my level one again or what clinic am I going to need to take? We do get these a lot and it's actually kind of exciting, right? Cause like a guy has been out of coaching, a guy or girl has been out of coaching for, you know, say seven years for whatever reason it may be, you know, kids, they were coaching their kids at one time and they moved on. Um, they were coaching when they were younger and all of a sudden they're starting to want to come back into it. And, and like you said, they left off at level three um, the question they, they ask a lot is, hey, do I need to retake it or do I have to go down to a one? The answer is no. You're Again, yes, your CEP search page will show expired, but expired is just the wording, right? Like there's still a level three coach. 
Um, so they're going to be looking to take their level four to stay current. Perfect. Yeah. And, and Brent mentioned something important earlier on with uh, the expiration date. Um, so December 31st is the date that's going to be on everyone's expiration. That's kind of the big date that everyone has to shoot to get their, their CEP stuff uh, completed. Um, because the other stuff Brent mentioned, actually you can't step on the ice and you can't be registered with your team until you are a member with USA Hockey, you complete your background screening you complete your safe sport and you complete your age module in all districts. You have to complete that stuff before you can step on the ice. In most districts, you have till December 31st to complete your CEP uh, course. So whether it be your level one, two, three, or four, or your continuing ed, which we'll get into uh, a little bit later in this, uh, you'll have till December 31st. But there are a few districts that are a little bit different and they require you to have it completed before you step on the ice and before you're registered with the team. So if you have any questions about that, um, go to either your local district's uh, webpage, they might have that information, uh, or reach out to your local registrar and they'll let you know what, what and when uh, things need to be completed. Um, <clears throat> so then, the next piece, uh, Brent, let's say I need, okay, so I know what clinic I need to take. I'm that level three coach. I want to go take my level four. I go on to the website. I go on the courses page and all of, all of, I will link all of this stuff in the show notes, by the way, for anyone listening. Um, I'm going to go to the courses page. I'm going to see a bunch of clinics. Um, I'm going to see level four clinics. And let's say I am in Ohio, so I, I'm in the Mid-Am district. Do I have to take a Mid-Am district clinic or can I take any clinic? Yeah, that's a great question because in the past it used to be um, you'd go to a clinic that's in your district, right? Um, but now with the CEP program going virtual um, for levels one through four, uh, a coach can take any clinic that has an open seat. And the reason that this is so great is for two reasons. One, everyone's on a different timeline, right? Like some people may work weekends, some may work nights, um, others work nine to five. And no matter what, there is a clinic available to you, whether it's in Alaska time, Pacific time, um, you know, all the way through to the East Coast time. Uh, the second thing on why this is so great is because when you are in these uh clinics, right? You're with coaches from other areas of the US. And so when you go into these breakout rooms to discuss hockey and, and drills and practices, you're getting to discuss this with, you know, say you're a guy from Oregon, you're getting to discuss this with a guy from Texas and somebody from Florida and somebody from New York and somebody from Michigan. Um, and it just makes the learning so much more fun that way. You know, I mean, it used to be where you'd see everyone in your association in the same clinic. And yeah, it probably was fun because you knew everybody. But with these virtual clinics and, and brand new people, it, it's just there's a lot of different mindsets out there. And getting to learn from each other is pretty exciting. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And from a personal level, uh, we did a ton of level fours last year. 
and we had them at all sorts of different times. I think one of the coolest things was like I'm on East Coast time and uh, we would have a clinic at noon uh, Eastern time and we'd have some people from the Pacific District who would wake up at what would that be 9 a.m. Well, you, I guess you're on that time, right? Yeah, 9 a.m. <laughs> to, to do it before work sometimes or 7 a.m. for them or what, you know, so it, it is really cool with the flexibility of schedule. And then you bring up an awesome point, which once again, I think is one of the coolest things is that you get to see a variety of people. Uh, you get to see different people learn from different experiences. Uh, it's always funny. Uh, there's, there's always throughout at least once a clinic, someone talks about ice time and how expensive it is. And you'll hear from groups in Texas or California and they're like, it's $600. And on the East coast, I'm like, yeah, it's like $150 back you know, <laughs> by us. And, but it makes people laugh. It's, it's interesting to hear those different experiences, but then also I think an incredible thing is, is some of the names of people that you see within our, our clinics now, like we've had, we had Joe Thornton last year, Owen Nolan, uh, Evgeny Nabokov. Um, I think we had uh, uh, Todd Woodcroft was on one of our level fours last year, um, which was, uh, it was cool to see uh, coaches at a high level. Uh, Colby Armstrong, we had uh, Chris Kunitz, which was awesome because we did a, a coaching culture uh, or a team culture uh, talk. And I remember Heather Mannix was running the topic at the time and she just asked Chris, well, Chris, you've been on some pretty successful teams. Tell us what some of the culture was like. And for, for him, it was probably a great experience to be able to share some of that stuff. But for the coaches that were in that Zoom clinic, it was unbelievable to listen to someone who played at such a high level talk about team culture and what it meant to, to their success and their winnings and, and, and what positive team culture really looks like. So. Well, I know what's cool about that, right, is, you know, sometimes the breakout groups go into, you know, only four people per room. So imagine being that that youth coach that gets to go into that breakout room with, you know, Kunitz and, and talk hockey for about, you know, five minutes. Like, you know, that's kind of a kind of a dream come true for some people. And yeah. the other thing about those NHL guys, which what is really awesome is even though that they have made a career out of playing professional hockey and they've played for years and they're just now getting into coaching, you know, their knowledge base is so massive and yet they're still excited. Uh, most of them are excited to get into our coaching clinics. Um, and what's cool about the way our curriculum and the way that the clinics are ran is it can highlight those kind of people and have them help you know, share the knowledge to the other youth coaches. So, you know, sometimes it's not just the instructor's voice they're hearing. Sometimes it's these NHL guys that are you know, love to be educated on coaching because it is so different from just playing. Right. And it, it just makes the, the experience so much better for our youth coaches. Yeah, for sure. And, and last point on, on this as well is that uh, the curriculum has moved away from the idea of teaching the what to coach um, and more into the how to coach. So even for these uh, guys and girls that have been playing at an extremely high level, they might know the what to coach already, and they're going to know a lot of that, but it's the how to coach, the how to, how do you explain an activity? How do you explain uh, 
you know, techniques to, to a kid that they can understand? How do you demonstrate an activity to make sure that they uh, are fully grasping what needs to be done? Uh, how do you, you know, how do you observe as a coach? How do you analyze what's going on and make some decisions and change some things, whether it be the drill or whether it be providing feedback and uh, really the, the how to coach skills and how do you convey that message? People can find the what to coach. It's on our website. Uh, you can find there's lots of different content creators all around the country uh, who are mostly doing some pretty good things. Um, and you can find the what to coach everywhere, but it's really that how to coach that's incredibly important. So um, with that, we'll transition into, okay, so I got my level four last year. Um, you know, what what's next for me, Brent? Because I hear about this continuing education stuff. Um, what is that? And uh, kind of what are some of my opportunities? Yeah, um, it's a great question, especially now with, you know, continuing ed being so new and, and a lot of coaches not really knowing too much about it. Um, again, we provide options here. Uh, you know, we just had our, um, the last time I was on the podcast, level five in Falmouth this year in May. Um, that itself is a continuing ed piece. Um, but it's also coaches can either take their level and get their level five or they can just stay at a level four and do continuing ed. Um, if you're a level five, a level four coach and you're doing continuing ed, you'll have three years to complete five credits. Um, if you decide that you wanna become a level five coach, which by the way, for continuing ed people, that counts as five credits as well. Um, but if you're a level five coach uh, looking to get continuing ed as well, because that is part of the deal, both four and five coaches. Um, level five coaches will have four years to get five credits. Um, so you get that additional year. If you're a level five coach um, that's already you know been a level five and you decide you wanna go to another level five, that's gonna give you your five credits right off the bat, which is nice. Uh, the other thing, there's a lot more information that goes into continuing ed, and we actually have a web page up on the USA Hockey website right now. Um, it explains a lot of the information. It also provides uh, clinics that are going on right now, virtual and in person, uh, per district or national uh, that coaches can do to obtain uh, credits that are um, that they need. That, that web page is uh, at www.usahockey.com backslash coaching dash continuing education. And again, I know, Zach, you said you're going to put links into the, you know, the notes. So that's there for those coaches. Um, again, what's awesome about continuing ed is it gets to keep, it keeps the coaches um, knowledge base growing. Because continuing ed, it's just, it's such a wide gamut of what a coach can learn about hockey or, or how to coach hockey. Um, I know that we partner with a couple outside organizations as well uh, when it comes to providing continuing ed to our coaches. Um, athletic Health Space right now is our, our big one. Um, they are virtual clinics. And I believe, you know how many uh, courses they have on that? Yeah, so they have uh, this e-learning page, which is uh, um, 
essentially you work at your own pace kind of thing. I don't know exactly how many. I do know they have a ton of them around health, men, you know, mental health, physical health, um, well-being of the of, of your athletes, like emotional um, concussions. Like they, they have tons of things, and it's awesome because coaches can go on there and they get their five credits. We've had a lot of level four coaches already complete their five credits by going to that and and going through their modules. So again, if you go to that web page on uh, that website, we will be uh, we'll have all the info for coaches, and we'll have uh, clinics that are you know happening or going to be happening in their area um, to help them fulfill those credits. Yeah, it's uh, there's there's a lot of opportunity with continuing education, and I I think the coolest thing is um, that while you know in the level one through four we we have moved away from the in-person. There's still a few, um, maybe at literally a handful of in-person events um, that will still happen, but it's gonna be mostly virtual clinics. So um, for this, now this opens up the opportunity to uh, be in-person again, build that uh, district camaraderie. Um, I know there's been some awesome ones that have happened so far. Uh, the I think it was the last episode or maybe two episodes ago, uh, the dynamic skating course has been implemented at a few different associations. Um, I know personally, we're going to post uh, a few Zoom versions of that, which will maybe be an hour long. Um, so keep an eye out for, for some of those. I know there's been a few districts that have ran some, uh, some clinics, in-person continuing education clinics that are actually build-offs of the curriculum that we had, which are really cool. So I think it was in Alaska, if I remember correctly, they did one uh, that talked about position versus positioning, which is uh, directly out of our curriculum, which is awesome. There's been a few that have been centered around the how to coach skills. So really people have the opportunity to do in-person stuff. They have the opportunity to do stuff over Zoom. They have the opportunity to work at their own pace with some of the e-learning stuff. And we have our own e-learning stuff that that should be coming out, um, hopefully within the next year. I know it's something we've we've really worked hard on, on developing. It's just making sure we can we can get it working and functional, um, and we're not causing uh, too many headaches for coaches trying to complete them. Um, we just want to make sure that things are working right. Um, there's also so many different third-party opportunities. So Coaches Site had something recently, uh, an event. And then, uh, as Brent mentioned, the uh, athletes health, um, athletic yeah. health space. Yeah, U U.S. Center for Athlete Health, I think, is what their their thing is. And then the the website that they have is that uh, athletic health space. So um, their stuff's really good, and we'll continue to work with different groups uh, to provide you all with as many opportunities as as you can. This is where we can really get creative, and you can really personalize your own your own learning journey and, and say, okay, what is it that I need as a coach? Maybe it's bench management. Maybe it's learning the rules a little bit more. And you could take one of our, we're working on some officiating uh, courses that you can take as a coach that will help you with the rules and understanding some of the decisions that go into it and hopefully building uh, relationships between officials and coaches uh, a little bit better. So 
lots of different opportunities for you. And, you know, there's going to be the power play clinic, I'm sure. There's going to be the penalty cl kill clinic at some point, but there's also going to be the, the mental health clinic. There's also going to be the um, impacts of breathing or whatever it may be. So there's going to be lots of different things uh, that you all will be able to take. Um, and here's so, a question for you, yeah. Zach. Um, I know we get this one a lot too. If I'm a level one, two, or three coach, can I take continuing ed? You like how yeah. I'm the interviewer now? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Bob did the same thing to me a few <laughs> uh, a few podcasts ago. I, he flipped the script on me and started interviewing me. Um, but yeah, that's a great question. We get that one a lot too. Yeah. So you can definitely take your you can take these continuing education courses if you would like, uh, but you will not receive continuing education credits for it. Um, so you will only receive continuing education credits in your account if you're a level four or five coach. And Brent, even to that point, if I'm a level four coach and I've already completed all five of my uh, continuing education credits and I go off and I take a clinic that's worth three credits, um, while the knowledge you gain is gonna be incredibly helpful to not just yourself, but to the people that you're working with, you won't be able to gain any more than five credits. So once you've hit your five credits, and your expiration date hits, um, you will reset back to zero. Um, and then you will, as long as you've met your credits, um, you'll reset back to zero and then your cycle will restart. So once again, let me lay this out. I'm a level four coach. I obtained five continuing education credits. Um, and then my December 31st deadline hits. I'm good to go. I can keep coaching because I got my five continuing education credits but then I'm gonna be reset back to zero. Because I'm a level four coach, I, my deadline will then extend out three years again. So let's just say it's 2023, December 31st hits. Um, I'm testing my math here, um, but I hit that deadline. I will then be extended out to 2026. Is that three years? I think I'm good there. Okay, so um, yeah, that's why I didn't get into mathematics. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I'll be extended out three years and then I will have to achieve five credits by that new deadline. So um, try, just trying to make things uh, easy on the coaches. But once again, if you're a level one and you want to take some stuff like it's only going to help you and it's only going to help your players. Um, you're not required to complete this continuing ed. But if there's something going on locally and you want to take it, absolutely, we would encourage you to to take some of those things, but just understand um, you wouldn't necessarily get any CE credits for it. There wouldn't be anything in your account that says that, um, you know, that was completed. So, um, okay. So uh, last big question we often get, and I'll answer this one. So I'll ask it and answer it myself. I'll interview myself here, Brent. Um, so we often get the question of, hey, I went into my coaching profile and I don't see any of my uh, level certification. So maybe I, I completed my level one or I completed one of the age modules. Maybe I completed my eight U. I don't see it in my coaching profile. Anything regarding CEP information. So that would be your level one, two, three, or four, or, um, or your age specific module. The best place to go for that information is you would go to the CEP public search page. Um, and so 
once again, I, I will link this, but it's cepsearch.usahockey.com. Uh, that's the best place to go. You'll have to put in your last name, first name, maybe your CEP number, the city you're in, um, and then you'll hit search, and then your your profile will pop up, and it'll say that you've completed your 8U module and that you're a level three coach or whatever it may be. Um, if you have questions about uh, safe sport, things like that, um, that stuff would show up in, within your coaching profile. So um, those are kind of the two pages that are really, really important for you to know and understand uh, in, in regards to your certification and what you need to complete. Uh, regarding uh, safe sport, you won't be able to complete your safe sport until you're, uh, I believe it's 30 or is it 60 days out from expiration. Um, so you'll get an email uh, in your account that says, hey, you are uh, ready to complete your safe sport. Um, so don't worry about it. If it's anything ahead of those dates, maybe you're six months out from your expiration, you won't be able to go in and take it anyway. Um, so you'll get an email. So just check your email, make sure you're paying attention to that uh, for you to go in and complete that safe sport. Um, other than that, Brent, I think we covered a ton of different bases here. We complete covered a ton of different things. Anything else, any other questions that you often get? Um, yeah, actually, this is one that I, I did forget to mention a little earlier. Um, coaches can only take one clinic per year, right? So sometimes we get an email asking, hey, I just got my level one, can I take a level two next week? Uh, no, we, we like for coaches to, to stick to one level per year just because of the information that they do learn we don't want it to overload them. We want them to take the thing that they learn from the clinic they took this season and actually use it out, you know, with their teams and their players and try to gain feedback on, on doing that. And with the way the curriculum is built, um, it builds upon itself, right? So two is upon one, three upon four, et cetera. Um, and so the best way for coaches to learn is to take one clinic at a time and and go and use that out in the field so that is the one thing i did forget to mention yeah all right well beautiful um well if anyone made it this far thank you so much for listening hopefully this was informative and helpful uh hopefully this convinced you to jump in and join coaching and help our players around the country to, to continue to grow uh hockey within the united states i think it's really important to to everyone who listens to this podcast, but also ourselves. Um, we just want to see USA Hockey continue to grow. And I just saw recently something about um, women's hockey. Had, uh, girls hockey has been continuing to grow uh, every year over the past five years. So I, I thought it was awesome that we're continuing to see this growth, especially coming out of COVID. Um, I know the numbers have been trying to get back to the, back to normal and, and um, it's all, you know, a lot of this is, is on us as coaches to provide a, provide an environment that kids want to return and kids want to come back to and kids enjoy. And, you know, we understand at some point they're, they might choose some other sports over hockey, but, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're providing the best environment for our kids and that they enjoy hockey. And, um, you know, maybe they become lifelong players, but um, ultimately we just want them to be fans of the sport and enjoy um, hockey itself. So, um, Brent, Brent, thank you so much for hopping on. 
Um, this was a, me, a Zach. Great... I appreciate yeah. you letting me uh, interview you a little bit as well. <laughs> Absolutely, flip the script a bit. So um, you're you're falling in the footsteps of Bob. So I, I think that should be that's that's definitely a good thing. So, um, but anyway, Brent, thanks you so much, and uh, everyone listening, we'll uh, see you all in a few weeks. Bye.